Welcome to the Fitbox Podcast. This is your host, Joseph Frankie. Glad you're here listening. On our podcast, we talk about two main things. First and foremost, we interview members of Fitbox so that way you can hear their stories about how they're repaying debt, how they're saving for retirement, buying homes, all this type of stuff, really to give you motivation and some different ideas. That's the first thing we talk about. The second thing our podcast do is we take individual finance topics and go through them in more detail so that way you can say, does this apply to me and how does this apply to my plan? So if you have questions or you want to sign up for Fitbucks, you can do so in the show notes, fitbucks.com, build your profile, schedule a call. We'll be talking to you soon. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Fitbucks Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Branke. Welcome to the program. Uh, we got an exciting episode today because I get to put on my investor hat to answer a question that a lot of you have been asking, and that is, uh, it has to do with inflation, uh, more specifically, uh, real estate and home prices. Like, what's my thoughts in terms of them dropping? Are we in a bubble? Like, you know, all that type of stuff. Uh, so that's what I'm going to be answering today. Uh, before we jump into it, as always, uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that way you're notified when new episodes come out. Um, and again, as always, too, um, if you need help with your guys' financial plan, our new, our new planning technology is out. We're starting to roll out more and more AI uh, types of technologies. Uh, if, for example, like how should I have my investments? Like how much risk should I be taking based on my profile, my overall finances? How much home can I afford? All that type of stuff. We're rolling out all these different AIs. Going to be rolling out more and more over the next 6 to 12 months. So keep an eye out. Uh, let's jump into the episode. Uh, like I said, uh, a lot of you guys have been asking me about inflation, specifically um, about home pricing. Because you're thinking about, hey, should I buy a house? Should I not buy a house? You know, what's my opinion on that? First and foremost, I've been saying for years, you know, even ever since the 08 housing crisis, even though housing went down in 2008, we were still in a bubble, in my opinion. We never let the bubble go all the way out and deflate, basically. Like the bubble started popping and then we, you know, propped it up, in my opinion. And it's been going ever since. I mean, we're in 2022 now. And so 14 plus years of just driving like bubbles all over the place. And housing, it's going to be in a bubble. Now, a lot of people are like, oh, well, bubble can pop. And it's like, yeah, it can. But will it? That's the key thing. Will it pop? Um, and, and they're expecting a slowdown in, in home prices because of what's been happening with mortgage interest rates. They've gone up a lot if you haven't seen that. Um, but will that enough be enough to actually pop it without any other extra events? And what I mean by extra events are things like war, like different things like that can actually really pop the bubble. Like what, like really what would cause it to pop now, right now, I don't really see anything that can cause it to pop, but I can see things that can slow it down, but I don't know if it's going to slow down either. And that's what I'm going to talk about on this podcast. Today is is why I think some of the stuff is going on, and it's not just normal inflation, and, and that's where I'll start. So normal inflation, like with all these 7% numbers you see, 8% numbers and all that type of stuff, yes, that will cause things like new home prices to go up just because of the cost of construction goes up. Now, is that accounting for the home prices and the increase in home prices that we're seeing? Some of it, yes, but it's not the main cause, in my opinion, okay? Now, from an investment standpoint, this is where I'm coming up with these ideas, is that there's two main reasons for it, 
okay? Actually, there's one main reason for it, but there could be two investment reasons, okay? Besides inflation, because I think housing would be going up ridiculous even without inflation, okay? And what do I mean by that? That you are seeing an unprecedented amount of capital being put into real estate by Wall Street, if you will. That's a bad term. I don't like saying Wall Street because it's, most of these companies aren't even on Wall Street, but on by financial firms. Uh, so you think like BlackRock and some of these bigger companies and bigger um, funds that, that are out there. So those of you that don't know who BlackRock is, they have like, they own like or run like nine trillion dollars of assets worldwide. Okay, they're they're huge. And what a lot of these asset management companies are doing is they're going in and buying single family houses for cash. Okay. Now, people are like, well, why are they doing that all of a sudden? And that's where my two investment theories come in of why they're doing it. Okay. First of all, the inflation pressures they see. And historically, one of the best ways for wealthy people to hedge inflation is by owning land and real estate. And so I mentioned this on other podcasts in the past, but this is the way I look at this as well, is back in 2009, when President Obama became president, they did like a $600 billion stimulus plan. And it was like, oh my God, this is going to cause inflation and blah, 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 blah. And there's a good argument to be made that over the, you know, the preceding 10 years, it did cause inflation more so it caused asset inflation, meaning like stock market and all that type of stuff went up plus the 0% interest rates from the fed. They held it down too long, all this other stuff. But we saw a really big increase in the stock market from like 2010 to 2018, 2019 and whatnot. A lot of that was fueled from that $600 billion. Okay. Now if that's all, you know, and that's all you think about with inflation because of COVID the government has put in over $6 trillion, so 10 times the amount they put in in 2009, they've put into the economy. And as you guys know, like we just put out like the student loan podcast about all that stuff. All those payments, for example, not in payment, that stokes even more money going into. So that's not, that's not direct stimulus. That's indirect stimulus. But just with direct stimulus, the government's put in $6 trillion. That's 10 times more than they did in 2009. 10 times more. And so the writing is on the wall. Inflation is coming. And so investment thesis number one is that, you know, that they just view this as an investment strategy, that we need to protect our assets. Land is a, is a good way to protect as an inflation hedge. So they're just pouring money into these places. And I'll give you an example. I'll give you a couple of examples. Like uh, our property up in San Jose, we just got a notice from our real estate agent. Like our neighbor down the street, they listed their house for a million dollars and they sold it for $1.2 in cash. In cash. Now at the same time, you're also hearing about the Bay Area where the house is at having an exodus of people because people don't have to work at the office anymore. So a lot of them are moving out to like Central Valley and Sacramento and whatnot. But still, housing prices are getting overbid and people are paying cash for them. Okay, I just read another article the other day about uh, housing development units in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, that 20% of the houses in that development are owned by funds. Like they're not owned by people actually living in those houses. 
that can greatly sway market prices. And so, you know, I, I, I like to look at, and I always take the best of people and I say best case scenario, the reason why this money is going into these things and into real estate so much is because they're using it as an inflation hedge and that's just their investment theory. Okay. Now, the cynical part of me comes out. Okay, because we also saw unprecedented flows going into real estate prior to this whole inflation thing. So like a lot of people don't know this, Bill Gates is now the largest landowner, farm land owner in America. Like he did that before inflation hit. Maybe he was doing it because of inflation. Maybe as a more cynical reason. I don't know. Uh, funds were pouring more or putting money and paying cash for houses prior to inflation. Was it an inflation perspective or was it a more cynical reason? I don't know. What could be that cynical reason? Why would funds be doing this? Why Why am I saying that? Okay. And I'll give you an example of what funds oftentimes do in, on Wall Street. And if you guys have heard of short selling, I'm going to use that as an example. And basically what, you know, the stock prices, for example, are all based on supply and demand. So if there's, you know, a lot of demand for the stock, a lot of people want to buy it. But if not a lot of people are selling it, it's going to drive up the price of that stock. It's just simple supply and demand, right? Well, short selling, you make money when the stock goes down. And so what ends up happening is it puts a lot of sell pressure on the stock. So sell, 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 sell. And because a lot of people are, are wanting to sell the stock, that actually increases supply, which drives down stock prices. And they basically squeeze the stock until it goes bankrupt and they all make a ton of money doing it and they bankrupt the company essentially is what they do and it's it's there's some laws regulating around it but if you guys ever hear about the GameStop stuff like how you know you know uh wall street bets fought back and they screwed a lot of the hedge funds all that type of stuff that's what that was all from at the end of the day it's market manipulation and although there's there's laws trying to stop it it doesn't stop it. And there's collusion in there all the time and all that type of stuff about firms getting together and short selling it all together. Sometimes it's done on purpose. Most of the time it's not. They just see one big person doing a short and they all just pile on. So that's that's how the game is played. Um, you know, it doesn't always work because sometimes people take the opposite direction and all that type of stuff. But anyways, I just wanted to use that as, as an example because the sinister part of me says that that's what's happening in real estate as well. And what I mean by that is if you think about this, if I'm a big fund and I own 20, 30, 40% of the houses in a market, I, I control the purchase price because I control the inventory. So if housing prices are going good, I could you know put some houses on the market and sell them and I'm getting a good price for them. But I can artificially prop up the housing market because I could just hold the inventory and not put it on the market. So if there's less supply on the market, but the demand's still there, well, then the housing prices are going to keep shooting through the roof because people are just going to bid and bid and bid because they want to buy the house. So the, the, loan, the purchase price and the home values just keep going up and up and up. And so they can manipulate the inventory of the market. And not only that, if they have to sit there and say, well, I'm just going to hold the property, it doesn't matter for them because they're also collecting rent. So as inflation goes up, if wages go up and all the stuff keeps going up, their land value goes up, they can start increasing rent 
on people because wages should go up and people can't afford it. Well, then it's like, well, somebody else is going to be able to afford it. So just keep jumping, jacking up rent. So in terms of this this mentality of, of basically, I guess you can call it cornering a market. Um, there's very from my from what I've seen. I'm not a legal expert. I might be wrong on this, but it's not like the stock market, like that example where I gave you where people short the stocks and stuff. Like there's a lot of laws around that. With real estate, there, there's not really a lot of laws of saying, hey, look, and from what I know of at least, like, hey, look, like, you know, you can only own, like one fund can only own X amount of property or X investors can only own X amount of property. And if there is, it's like, okay, great. They get together and they say, hey, you buy 10%, we buy 10%, that person buys 10%. And then they collude together and it still works. So that's the sinister part of me of what's going on right now with real estate is that there's basically these funds going out and saying, we're going to corner the market on real estate and control the market in these areas and get the artificial, basically artificially prop up the market. Um and control the inventory, control the supply. And the demand's still going to be there, especially in places like Texas, like Austin, all those different places, like areas, you know, real estate's going through the through the moon. And it's like, okay, well, people are still going to move here because a lot of businesses are moving here. So if we could control all this inventory. We control the purchase price because we could keep houses off the market. And then they make a ton of money because the housing prices go up. I mean, I'll give you an example. We, you guys know this. We moved out to Texas from California uh about three years ago um bought our house for 300 and nothing something like sixty thousand dollars and our real estate agent just told us that we could probably sell it for about 950 grand that's in three years almost 3x like that's ridiculous absolutely ridiculous all right so the sinister part of me said that that's what's happening now what does all this mean like i like you guys have asked me regardless of if if it's done because of of investor theory that inflation's coming so this is a good way to hedge it or is it more sinister where they're trying to corner a market and, and artificially prop up the prices i don't know one way or the other i don't think that housing prices are going to have any significant decline coming in, in any time soon does that mean that we're in a not in a bubble <laughs> no where i my opinion is we are in a bubble it's just what's going to pop that bubble i don't know because there's a lot of stuff supporting that bubble and a lot of big money is moving into real estate right now. And as long as those cash flows are moving into, into real estate, regardless of the reason, it will prop up the real estate market. Um, and so I know it's hard because you guys are sitting there. A lot of you are saying, well, I'm renting and I really want to buy a house. Should I buy it now? Like I always tell people, when you go into buying a primary house, it is an investment, but at the same time, you have to go into it saying, like, I'm going to buy this house. I'm going to pay this off and live here the rest of my life. And if you do that, it doesn't matter if you buy at the high of the market or whatnot because it's going to go down. And then eventually it goes back up and, and you're doing it because it's it's better than renting. Um, you know, in your situation, it may be better than renting. And so going away with that perspective of does this make sense for us to buy or not? Do I want to get into this much more in debt? So on and so forth. Um, again, if you're sitting there saying, I'm going to wait till this thing to crash, you might be waiting for a long time. That's my opinion, regardless of the reason. Again, if the investors are saying we're doing this because of inflation or if investors are they're more cynical and saying they're trying to corner the market and maybe both are happening, by the way, I don't know. That's just my perspective on it. You might not want to wait. You might want to wait. I mean, 
personally, housing is really expensive. Um, you know, like I own two houses. Um, you know, it's just a situation where, you know, I bought one in 2009 when the housing market was dropping and it just didn't make any sense to rent. So we bought and then we were just happened to be in a situation where, you know, we could take the cash out and pay cash for the house in Texas and somebody else is, is paying the mortgage for us. Like we basically got a free asset. So I, I just happened to be in the right situations and took advantage of those situations, which is why I own a house. Now, if I wasn't in those situations, I would probably be renting. That is my thing. Um, again, this is not a podcast about rent versus buying a house. Um, but if I if I was like a new grad coming out of school right now, and again, this is dependent upon different areas in the United States, and I'm just using like out like right around Austin because that's where I live at now, and that's the real estate market I know the most. But if I was a new grad coming out of school right now, and I was looking at housing prices around Austin. I would be like, there's, there's no way I'm buying a house. I'm renting because one, I don't even know if I'm going to stay here. And two, the prices are just absolutely ridiculous now. So I'd probably hold off personally. That's just me, but everybody's situation is different. Again, that's some of the AI, by the way, that we're building out is based on your situation. How much home can you actually afford? And should you actually rent or buy? Um, I'm recording this, uh, at the beginning of April. We will probably have some of those technologies out, starting to roll them out within the next month or two, maybe three in that time period. So keep an eye out for those. Um, and if you need help on all that stuff, let us know. That is the podcast for the day. Again, just to summarize, uh, inflation uh, is driving real estate prices. What do I think is driving it and why? Um, you know, How does that play into your outlook? Again, I just like to give information, give my opinion of what's going on. So hopefully you guys can start looking at this stuff a little bit differently and help. Uh, hopefully some of this information will help you make your decision on what to do. And as always, we'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.